Father, I pray that you would take that which uh, is overwhelming to us and that we would believe that you as creator, that you would take all that we have that concerns us and that you would bring good from it. Thank you that your word says that you can cause all things to work together for good when we believe that you are the God over all and we trust you with that. God, would you bring freedom today uh, to those of us that put our hope and faith and trust in you and I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you. Thanks for being here and on online. It's always good. You may be seated. It is good to have you and uh, hopefully you've already been uh, spoken to through the the lyrics of the songs that we've been singing, and I am so glad that you're here. I have such encouraging news uh, to continue with, not only through the message of uh, songs that we've been singing, uh, but amazing news for you, and let me jump into it. First of all, let me tell you where we're going to be with our prayer time this morning and carrying it throughout the week. So when you put in a prayer request, uh, you need to know what our prayer team, who prays every single day, through the prayer requests that are brought in, uh, how, how we're going to be praying this week. This comes from Philippians 1, verse 6, and it says this, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. The thing that I love about this is God is not through working in us, regardless of what uh, comes our way. He is not done with us, and we are never in a place where God just washes his hands and says, I'm through. But in fact, it says that he who started the work, he will complete the work. And as I was uh, challenged this last week when I was in Dallas, it's just tough to be challenged in Dallas anyway, right? But uh, at the church that I attended, uh, the pastor, Jim Johnson, great guy, uh, his, his saying was this. God's last act of faithfulness was not his last act of faithfulness. And so, so many times we can think that, well, we've seen God work in the past, but not this time. And Philippians 1 verse 6 tells us that that he started this work and he will not finish until he's completed the work within us. Uh, Many of you know that I am an avid reader, especially of... uh, uh, David Tripp, Paul David Tripp, uh, not always agree with everything he says, but I feel like he has so many good things to say. And this is the temptation for us. We all want the great, what we want is grace of relief and release. And that is normal for all of us. But what we all really need right now is the grace of transformation. In other words, God don't just make it better, make it count. So let's pray together and know that as you put in prayer requests, that we are praying that God would make it count whatever season we're in. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are not through with us. Thank you that you are aware of everything that we are going through. Father, I pray that you would take that which is uh, needing to be transformed in our lives and that you would use even current hardships, not that you wouldn't just bring relief. We certainly want relief and release, but we want more than that. We want to be transformed into more Christ-likeness, and I pray that you would bring that about, and I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about this morning is, uh, and I'm excited about this, I want to talk about one of the most powerful, bridge-building, life-altering characteristics that Jesus exemplified, 
And this life-altering, this life-changing, this amazing characteristic that Jesus, this bridge-building characteristic, it's available to everyone who's listening today and if you apply and become a follower of Jesus. As we've talked about over the last uh, several uh, several weeks, we've been talking about that New Cubs' goal is for all of us to follow Jesus, to do what Jesus did in order to be, become what Jesus was. One of my good friends, who is also uh, a major reader and uh, reads a lot of Dallas Willard, shared this statement with me, and I think this it comes alongside, and hopefully this will make some uh, clarity if we haven't had clarity at this point about following Jesus. Here's what he says. As a church, and here he says, we are committed to following Jesus, not just learning how to do everything he did, but learning how to do everything we do in the manner that he did. Think about that. The goal is not just to replicate what Jesus did, but for us to do what we do in the manner in which Jesus did. And so that's what we've been talking about, to follow Jesus in such a way that we are experiencing, the, experiencing God. We've experienced God through worship. We've talked about experiencing God uh, through prayer. We've talked about experiencing God through Bible engagement. Troy last week talked about experiencing God through community. So today I want us to talk about this life-changing bridge-building characteristic that Jesus did. And it's found in Matthew chapter 20. I'll give you a moment just to find uh, the passage. Matthew chapter 20. And we'll begin with verse 25. And it says this, But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those who, who are under them. But among you it will be different. So here's how we're going to live in the manner that Jesus lived. Whoever wants to be a leader among you, or your translation may say whoever wants to be uh, great, or whoever uh, wants to, to take a leadership position among you, you must be a servant and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, a couple things I want to draw our attention to. First of all, Jesus did not rebuke their desire to be great. Jesus did not slam them for saying, I want to be in a leadership position. I want to have influence. In fact, Jesus did not say that's bad at all. What he talked about is trying to take a leadership position to be a person of influence in the wrong manner. So we want to live as Jesus lived in the manner that Jesus lived. And so he doesn't rebuke them for being great. In fact, my prayer is that new people would be great. My prayer is that you would be powerful where God has you. In fact, even the most, we've heard this before, even the most introverted person influences over 10,000 people in their lifetime. We want to be a church of influence and pointing people to Jesus. And so the issue is not that we don't want to be great and don't want to be seen and we don't want to be followed. The issue is the manner in which we go about influencing where God has us. In fact, just a minute, we're going to uh, baptize Max and we will baptize uh, Charlie. And we've already been praying that these two guys who are followers of Jesus, who will be baptized, that they would influence hundreds if not thousands of people to, to come to know Jesus Christ. And one of the most powerful ways that this is happening is through investing in others and serving. In fact, here's what Jesus says in verse 27. Um, 
But among you, verse 26, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader, whoever wants to be an influencer, must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Let me talk about the word slave and servant for just a moment so we'll get the context and understand the context in which you use that word. Here's the Greek definition of the word slave in verse 27. One who gives himself up to another's will. It is by choice. It is not being forced on anyone. But by choice, you would decide that you want to serve those around you. That you would put the interest and needs of others in front of your own needs and desires. So the way it would read would be this way. One whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among others. That we would live in a manner that Jesus did it, putting his, his way in front of our own way. One who is devoted to another to the disregard of one's own self-interest. That is the Jesus way. You want to have influence, you want to have power, you want to have a life-changing impact on the people around you, then serve them. Invest in those around you where God has you. In the kingdom of God, you reach greatness by serving, by investing in others. I like the way Tony Evans put it. He said, but realize that when it comes to the people of God, servers, not celebrities, are on top. It is the manner in which Jesus Live. Look at verse 28. For even the Son of Man, Jesus himself, the creator of the universe, did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. This verse, you ought to circle the word for at the very end of it, for many. The word for is the Greek word which means instead of. This is probably, if not the most uh, clearest example in the New Testament of Jesus explaining his death in terms of substitutionary atonement. Big two, two words, but makes such clarity. This is where substitutionary atonement comes in. It is so clear that Jesus takes our place. So when you read that verse, it would go this. For even the creator of the universe, the Son of God, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom instead of you and me having to pay the penalty for our own sins. We all should pay for our own sins, but Jesus chose to serve. In the manner in which he came, he came to put himself instead of us where we deserve to be. Jesus didn't merely demand servanthood, he demonstrated it. That's why we say if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to live in the manner that Jesus lived, then engagement in Bible reading. When you read God's word on a consistent basis, it speaks to us. It helps us. It brings us conviction. It teaches us what to do the right thing. And so consistent daily Bible reading is so important. Living in community, allowing people to come alongside and to speak truth into us and to encourage us and to call us on, on the carpet when we need to be challenged. It means living with a worshipful attitude, coming to church to be prepared to engage in worship. And it means not just engaging in worship, but it also means that during the week that we would live a life of worship, of, of, of following God. This is what Jesus has talked about. This is how we live. So Jesus didn't just simply tell us, he demonstrated it. Think about this. The people who serve around you, the people that impact you the most, 
Think about this. Servers are outward focused by choice. Every single person here today, you can have an outward focus. It is a choice that you make. Servers are aware of the needs around them by choice. That when you get up in the morning before you put your feet on the, on the floor, that you say, God, help me to be aware of the people around me. Help me to realize that you have me in a place of influence and, and, and a place of great leadership where I get to influence other people. God, help me to be able to see the needs around me. Help me to be outward focused. Servers build bridges by choice. It's hard not to gain credibility when you serve people around you. Servers initiate by choice. Servers don't wait and say, I'll see who serves me first. But it is a me first. I will serve first. It is an initiation that we do. Servers serve by choice. Now, it comes easier to some. Some have a gift of serving. But this is speaking to all of us. That it is... This powerful characteristic of Jesus, of serving, should be one that we implement and imitate. Because that's how Jesus lived his life. Verse 28. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many by choice. That's why Ephesians 5.1 says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear, dear children. We learn to do what Jesus did, but we learn it in the manner in which he lived his life. And he served. He came, and he had every right for everyone to serve him, but he willingly gave it up. And it's found in Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8, which explains the manner in which Jesus lived. Again, you can't read Philippians without being convicted. Philippians 2, verse 5. Think of yourselves in the way that Christ Jesus thought of himself. So here's the manner in which Jesus lived. He had equal status with God, but he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to all the advantages that status, uh, the advantages of that status no matter what. In other words, it says he didn't think so much of himself. He didn't take on an entitled attitude. He didn't say, I'm entitled to all these things. Was he? Absolutely, as the creator of the universe. But he didn't grasp entitlement. Do you? Do I? No. Verse 7, not at all. When the time came, Jesus set aside the privileges of deity. He set aside his rights. He had every right to demand But he took on the status of a slave. Again, that word slave, it is a choice that you make to put the needs of others before yourself. He decided he would set aside his own needs, his own desires, his own rights, and to put the needs of others in front. Verse 8, having become human, he stayed human. In other words, it wasn't a one and done and he was finished. It wasn't to check the box that I've done what I needed to do, and so now I can go back to being served. No, he said he stayed human. It was an incredible humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a life of selfless, obedient life. Instead of living a life of convenience. 
Most of us want quick solutions with few consequences. And that was not the way Jesus lived. Our temptation is to want to be great, but not be, be inconvenienced about becoming an influencer. And one of the most powerful ways, again, the most, one of the most powerful ways to influence and impact and build bridges for others is to be inconvenienced by serving others. Simple, just not easy. Listen to this. Serving isn't something we do. It's, something, it's who we're called to be. And when we serve, we are most like Jesus. As I was, had an opportunity to talk to a few of the people that uh, uh, served with the health department, and they just said it was, it was a, just a, such a privilege because all we did was just help people get parked. We helped people figure out where to go. But it, it, was, it was something small but huge for those people who were able to, to be served. Matthew ten forty two. Here's what Jesus says. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will certainly be rewarded. Jesus goes on to explain. For when, in Matthew 25, for when I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? When were you naked and we gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison or visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you do, did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. It all counts when you serve. It matters. Our Heavenly Father celebrates small acts of kindness. Our tendency is to want to just have one big serving event, and that's not the manner in which Jesus lived. That was his lifestyle to say, how may I serve those around me? Who does God bring into my pathway? God is great, not just because nothing is too big. God is great because nothing is too small. Don't discount the opportunity to serve in small ways. It counts. Jesus notices. It's the method. It's the manner in which he lived his life. Colossians 3.23. Work willingly at whatever you do, whatever station of life you have, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were not working for the Lord, but uh, as, as if you were, though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. That we serve in a way, say, hey, God, how may I serve those around me, but may I do it in such a way that it serves your purposes. It's doing little things like they're big things, Mark Patterson says. It matters. I like what Christine Kane had to say. She said, you know when you've matured, when you're serving not as a means to an end, not to manipulate an outcome, but just to serve as the goal. Just to serve as the goal. So let me, let me close with this. What about how are we to serve those who disagree with us? How are we to serve those who are difficult to be around? Here's what Jesus said. Here's the manner in which he lived. Matthew 5, 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, 
go with them two miles. It's an attitude. It's an outlook. When Jesus was referring to this, Roman soldiers uh, could force uh, civilians to carry their pack one mile, and they didn't have a choice in it. And Jesus said, even though you don't have a choice, don't just carry one mile. Go the extra mile. Don't think in minimums, folks. But think in terms of how may I serve. It's the gift of being inconvenienced. That's the manner in which Jesus lived. You know, I've thought about this and have shared parts of this. But before the foundation of the earth, he knew you would be here today. Before the foundation of the earth, he knew you would be in the place that he has you. Before the foundation of the earth, he developed your personality He developed your abilities, your characteristics. God knew how he would make you powerful. And he knew when he wanted you to be here on this earth. If you would have had greater influence 100 years ago, you would have been born 100 years ago. But he knew that this was the time that he wanted to place you exactly where you are. And one of the most powerful ways that you can influence people for Jesus Christ is to have an outward view to say, God, how may I serve those around me? How may I build bridges by serving and doing small things that matter? How can I willingly put the needs of others before me? And how can I come alongside those who disagree with me or with those with whom I disagree with? And how can I still serve them? Because there's something greater than disagreement that what is important is that people see Jesus in us and we give them opportunity to point to Jesus. It's less about our activity and more about our heart's disposition. It's not what we do, but why and how we do it. You want to be an influencer? Pray that you are an influencer. God has you where he wants you. And one of the most powerful things that you can do, in addition to things we've been talking about, is to have an attitude of serving God, how may I serve those around me, beginning where he has you at when you go home, for starting at home, and then letting it uh, percolate out from there. Let's pray together. Father, I pray, God, how I pray that we would live in the manner in which you lived, and that we would have an attitude just like you had, that we would set aside our entitlements, our rights, our privileges, and that we would put the needs of others before us, and that we would serve those around us, and that we wouldn't just serve them alone, but God, I pray that that those that we get to serve, that they would see Jesus in us. God, open our eyes to the needs, to the opportunity to share Jesus in practical ways, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that we always talk about are our next steps we have, are constantly working on our website and newcupchurch.org. When you go to that, you can just look to the right, and there is a, a, a section called Next Step. And in that next step, you have an opportunity to click on that, and there is a myriad of opportunities to serve and to be involved in all the different next steps we've talked about. There are opportunities for you, and just take time to look through it and serve in some practical ways uh, to get involved. And we are constantly working on that, adding new opportunities as we talked this morning. The other thing that I want to encourage you about is with our Next Step Extras, which are on Monday nights from 7 to 7.45. You can find that on our website. But we just gather together on a Zoom meeting, 
and uh, we have discussion, and this week we have a couple of people who are major servers for us, and just get to pick their brain about what it means to serve, and how do they serve without getting uh, burned out and uh, resentful if they're the ones, the only ones serving. It'll be a great discussion that you can click on that, and it'll be a great opportunity. Uh, as the next song is sung, and as we prepare for baptism, you have opportunity to give your offerings, those uh, in-house uh, opportunity to give as you leave this morning, and those online, uh, you can go uh, to give online as well. It matters, it makes a difference as you give.